Welcome to the Coaching Focus podcast. I'm Trayton Vance, CEO and founder of Coaching Focus. I've been coaching for over 25 years, and I wanted to share that experience and those lessons learned with you. I will converse with fellow coaches, chief executive officers, senior leaders, and HR professionals to bring you insight into how coaching is being used, the current thinking around coaching, and new ideas that will hopefully ignite your thinking and help to facilitate coaching for a better tomorrow. In this episode, we're going to look at our purpose, which is coaching for a better tomorrow, and link with that the reason and rationale of coaching and how that impacts a performance culture. Let's start with the first area, coaching for a better tomorrow. What do we mean by that? Well, first of all, coaching. Let's unpick that term. What do we mean by coaching? Coaching for me is the art of facilitating the learning, development and performance of another or others if it's a team. The word art is for me fascinating because art could also be described as a craft and any craft takes time. So coaching is a craft which takes time to refine and to be a master in. The other term that it talks about there is around facilitating. So facilitating to make easier. French word, which we, we need to understand that we're making it easier for the coachee rather than doing it for the coachee, the person being coached. The other words that there, which for me are all linked in, is the learning, development, performance. So as we're coaching, we need to raise someone's awareness so they learn. They use then use that learning to develop. Then you, they then use that development to focus it in the right direction, which then links to performance. But as an organization, we wanted to come away from the term performance because for us, performance was very much bottom line orientated or was around high performance and elite athletes, if you like. So what we decided as an organization was to use the term better. And if you think about it, coaching is about enabling the individual to be better than they were yesterday. Coaching is about movement. It's about learning, developing, and do something different that moves in the right direction that you want to move. And that movement, let's call it change or transition, creates a better outcome, a better way of being, a better way of doing things. So for us, coaching for a better tomorrow is around that learning, development, performance, but that individual being better. That's coaching for a better tomorrow. Now let's understand how we can utilize coaching to drive a performance culture. Now you'll notice that I didn't say a coaching culture. And there's many organizations that I work with that say we'd like to create a coaching culture. Well, it's an interesting term, coaching culture, because not only do you need coaching within your organization, you also need the skill of leading and managing. Because for me, leadership, management, and coaching are core elements which then drive a performance culture. What I'd like to say about performance culture is there's an extra word that we need to consider, and certainly in the new world of operating, which is around sustainable performance. Because we need to find ways of working that are sustainable, that human beings can maintain and continue to work at those levels. It's not like a World Cup or the Olympics, where it's just a tournament, we need to get to an end point. Within the workforce and the work we do, and the great things that organizations carry out, are things that need to be carried on and be sustainable. 
a performance culture is creating an environment where people feel empowered, where people feel valued, where people are uh, developed and have the right skills to be able to utilize. And the other element that I would use there is the right tools. So in simple terms, when I work with organizations to create a performance culture, I want to make sure that the leaders have the right skill set, they have the right tool set, but they also have the right mindset. And that mindset is about shifting from a command and control where they have the authority, they have the answers, to a way that they are more curious, a way in which they ask great questions rather than feel they need to give great answers. It's an environment where leaders are able to let go of that power and to some degree let go of that ego and make sure that they focus on the amazing individuals that they're leading, i.e. human beings, and really unlock that latent knowledge, that latent experience and, and bring that to the fore to enable them to find the best answer and be connected and collaborative and then to work forward to deliver high performance and to play their best. So here we've talked about creating a performance culture, but those that are listening right at the beginning would have heard me talk about it's not about performance, it's about better. And this is something we've struggled with. How do you come away from performance and include better? But if you think about it, performance is very much organizationally orientated. It's about getting the, the organization to perform. It's about getting the function to perform, the team to perform, whatever that might be, which tends to have a, a linkage to targets. But if you can create an environment where people just want to play their best game and be their best self, that creates an environment where you're creating better, not just better for the team, not just better for the organization, but better for them. And I would build that on further to say better for the community and better for society as well. We create better human beings. We have better conversations. People focus on and want to do the best for themselves and for others. And that's why we've come to the conclusion that the word performance is still relevant and the outcome is performance. But the term coaching for a better tomorrow is more holistic and takes in a lot more than just the organizational, the team, or the individual elements, it takes in more of a holistic approach and has a holistic outcome with that. But I guess you're thinking, how do we achieve that? Those are all great things, Trayton. I'd love to be able to do that. But how do we coach for a better tomorrow? And how do we create that, that mindset and that tool set and that skill set within leaders, within ourselves. So when we work with organizations, it's really important to understand that any shift of doing something better takes time. We talked about the beginning of the craft. The craft takes time to master. So if we're needing to shift to a new way of operating to be better and to do different things, that requires change. And change takes time. We work with organizations. We found that the minimum time that it will take to shift leaders or individuals' mindsets to a coaching approach is a minimum of three days. And I don't mean three days in a whole, but over a three-day period with a transition over a six to eight-week length of time. And what we find is that when we bring leaders into the room for the first time, 
they're very much thinking that coaching is about giving the right answers, about telling others what to do from their own experience. And yes, mentoring might be that, but coaching certainly isn't. So when we work with organizations and lead their leaders, we very much start from a place of forcing individuals to stay in what we call the non-directive space. So we spend the first two days of giving them an understanding about what non-directive means. We give them the skills about how to listen, how to structure a conversation effectively, and how to process the data that's being presented by either party, in this case, the coachee. And by focusing on those three simple but very effective and important skills, what people learn is that they don't need to have the answer. They actually, the answer is sitting in front of them. It can come from the other person. And actually, the contribution that individuals can make can make not only the conversation better, but the ideas and the process and the ways of doing things even better because we're sharing all of the ideas and the innovation and creativity that sits between the two of us, not just coming from me as the line manager or the leader. So the approach that we take is that we keep people in that non-directive space. And when I say non-directive, I'm meaning about giving them the skills to be able to pull the solution from the other party. And a lot of people will find that a very uncomfortable journey. It feels very clumsy or clunky, people tend to say to me. And it's clumsy or clunky because we've got to unlearn to then relearn. Because if you think about it, many people have been told what to do throughout their lives. When we're children, our parents or guardians tell us what to do. When we go to school, our teachers tell us what to do. And then we go into the workforce and our managers tell us what to do. So naturally, we expect that when we become a manager, we should be telling people what to do. Or when our managers are speaking to us, they're going to tell us what to do. So there's an element in the work we do that we need to undo that to help people relearn that there is a different way. And that different way is asking great questions rather than telling others what to do. And our experience of over 20 years tells us that it takes at least two days to make that shift. And not only the two days of the workshop, but also to get people to practice and stay in that non-directive space. And we ask people to go away and practice that for four to six weeks and to really reinforce and to notice the impact that non-directive approach is having on others, but also what they're noticing in themselves. And a lot of people will come back and say, Trayton, I didn't realize the advice monster and how strong that was within me and how much I wanted to tell people what to do and how much I wanted to use my power and authority in getting people to do what I wanted to do. And there's a real aha or realization that there is a different way. And interesting, when we bring them back for day three, what tends to happen is that they are, I wouldn't say scared, but very uh, reluctant to use those directive approaches because they can see the negative impact that those can have and how it stops people from thinking and contributing to the conversation and bringing those better, brilliant ideas to the fore. So ironically, in days one and two, they can't stop themselves by being directive, pushing on to others. But on day three, when we want them to be directive, they're very reluctant to use that and hesitant. So what we do over that period is to develop and shift their, not only their skill sets, and giving the skills to be able to do that and given the tools, the models, et cetera, but also the important piece here, which is important to creating a performance culture, a better way of doing things, 
is that we shift their mindset. So that they shift from that way of not just being the directive as the default, but putting in place an ability to flex, to be non-directive and directive when it's appropriate. And when people do that, there's brilliant things emerge and it allows people to be their best selves and therefore it creates a better place and that's what coaching for a better tomorrow is all about. Thank you for listening. And as always, all the resources and links mentioned can be found on our website, as can other podcasts. If you want to connect to discuss anything you've heard today or how you can use coaching for a better tomorrow, then please do get in touch.